good morning, kids. Couldn't sleep last night. I, I haven't been sleeping that well lately. And so I... The other night I was just... Puttering around the internet on my phone. Did, didn't do a lot. And I thought, this morning, I think I'm gonna... I'm gonna get up, I'm just gonna start driving. And I'm gonna start talking to you guys. Maybe we could finish First Kings up today. That'd be an accomplishment. And, uh... See what's going on. You guys just started summer. We're, uh, we had a busy day yesterday. So today's Sunday. We had a busy day yesterday. We the uh, the king went to a Cub Scouts thing on the beach uh, close by. They did a sandcastle contest. And your your mom took you to that. You guys stayed there for a long time. While me and the other three stayed home and cleaned. A bunch of work on the house, and it was really, it was really fun. The uh, entrepreneur loves the same '80s music that I grew up on, and so she was singing her heart out to a bunch of songs. We uh, we sing uh, "Living on a Prayer" by Bon Jovi. That's like our favorite song to sing. And what you know, if Bon Jovi has any concert any anywhere close by within 100 miles I'm getting tickets for the whole family I know we don't have the money but that it would be a dream come true for the uh, entrepreneur to see it and really everyone everyone loves Bon Jovi in my house and then uh, we sang Total Eclipse of the Heart which was it's always fun it, it was tough the spy just really don't like doing work at this age and your job was to clean the hallway and I think you cried the entire time and demanded that I help you meaning do all the work and I wouldn't do it so that was that was a bit of a chore uh, that's getting kind of old but you're still adorable and you got it done so it looked pretty good when your mom eventually got home and entrepreneur went to a little swim party with her friend and the namesake and the spy, you guys went to uh, our friend's house who have kids the exact same age as you guys. And we hung out just to celebrate the end of the year. Had pizza and beer and stuff. I don't like drinking regular beer. I don't know what it is. Just, anyways. So I'm just driving along. There's this street that connects our town to, to the next town over and it's pretty desolate right now because it's, you know, it's 5 a.m. It's been up since at least 4. No, 4. Went to Jack in the Box because I wanted to get a soda and uh, I got a breakfast Jack meal. And I just didn't want to eat it. I really didn't. So I went to the gas station because I had to fill it up with gas. And I saw a guy there sitting on the bench, so I just gave him my food. I wasn't going to eat it. So. God gives us a lot of opportunities to, to give back. I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back, by the way. I'm just telling you guys. Look for... Look for the ways you can bless someone. I'm... Over the last, I think, five to ten years, there have been these little libraries that people put up in front of their house. 
it's like it's all like uh, oversized birdhouse, but people put books in there, and they look pretty nice. They're not they're not cheap by the way too. I looked into like getting one, and, and I was thinking I had this thought, and I was I, it's still kind of in the like the embryonic stages, but I, I had this thought. So I have a little library. I was thinking about the Wailing Wall in <clears throat> in Israel. So the Wailing Wall is the remnants of the temple that was built. After, not I don't think it was Solomon's temple, but the temple after uh, I think when the Maccabees revolted and they, they rebuilt the temple. Well, I think there's just one wall left of. of temple, and it's divided between, you know, Gentiles and Jews, and this wall has little crevices in them, and in these crevices, people will write prayers and stick them in the wall, so I was thinking, why don't we put up, not a little library, but and not like a wailing wall either, because that, that's a little blasphemous, I think, that people, I think, would consider that blasphemous. I don't, but, but why not put like a little, like a prayer wall up in front of our house? Not saying, not, you know, if you're Christian only, just saying if you want, want a prayer, want us to pray for you, <clears throat> write a little prayer down and put it in our, put it in this box or something, I don't know. I'm just thinking like that, I, it's, I, I haven't really thought it through yet. Right now I'm driving down uh, the street. I want to like, there's uh, the marina, and I'd love to like watch the sunrise from it. That's where I'm headed right now. At this marina is the restaurant where me and your mom had our first date. Next week we'll have celebrated 18 years married. <clears throat> We've been together 25, but... So that's, uh... It's a heck of a ride, I'll tell you that, guys. Sometimes I think I can't really give you guys dating advice, because I've only really dated one person. Think about that. We're, I'm, we're not at that point yet where you guys want dating advice, or, if you, or that you're even thinking about any of that, you know? Wow, I, I am impressed. I am really impressed. Yeah, we have this blocked off. Last time I was here, the whole place was littered with mobile homes. And now, there's like no mobile homes at all. It's very cool. job policing that. Well, so, I don't know where to park. I might just keep driving, too. Your, of my three older sisters, my middle sister's husband, who, they've been together 40 years, pretty much. They, uh, his first job was in one of these, um, motels hotel, I don't know, just blabbing, how are you kids doing?
<sighs> Work has been a little stressful lately. It's keeping me up. A lot of transitions going on in my life that I'll eventually talk to you about. I'd love to find a well-lit place I can read the Bible. I wonder where I can go. Insomnia really sucks. Really, really sucks. Wish I didn't have it. Today we're going to go visit our very close friends. We're not visit, we're going to celebrate our very close friend's daughter's birthday. She just turned four. They live very close to the entrepreneur's school. That. Unfortunately, the, this party goes from 9.30 to 1, and our church is, we have church service at 9 and church service at 11. We have also, I think, Spanish church at 1, and uh, so I don't think we're going to make it to church today. It's unfortunate. They're non-believers, though, so... You know, it's hard being very close friends with non-believers. But they're respectful of our beliefs. I mean, they don't bash us. They don't do that. If they did, they wouldn't, we wouldn't be friends. It's important to have friends, um, a spectrum of friends and their beliefs. If anything, it sharpens yours. I... I would submit to you guys as believers, hopefully you're believers as believers you should have friends that are non-believers, you should have friends that that have different faiths you should have friends who are Muslim and Jewish and, and have good conversations about faith the only way to really strengthen your faith is to have it tested I, I really hope you guys don't live in some bubble where where uh, all you're doing is soaking in in Christianity. I mean, it's good to have times where you are, but I think real tested faith is the strongest. And our friend is a very devout atheist. If that, I mean, if that's not oxymoronic. And... Uh, and it hasn't, it has not affected my faith at all, that, that he feels that way. We, we you know, we, I, I remember we, we went to see The Passion of the Christ. This is right before we got married, too. That movie came out, and we went to see The Passion of the Christ. Me and your mom were very much wanted to watch it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, what's it called, um, hype around it and talk. And uh, we brought our friend, that I'm talking about atheist. And I, I really don't want to define him that, oh, he's the atheist. He's actually a very good person, and I don't want to... You know what I'm talking about. And when we were walking out of that movie, surprise, Jesus, the entire time of the movie, is beaten, like, constantly beaten, to, and then at the end he dies. He's not beaten to death. And, uh... And it shows his resurrection very briefly, the last 20 seconds of the film. Could have done that better. But 
but he, uh, as we're walking out, there are tears in his eyes. So, he's very empathetic, I think, to our beliefs. He, maybe he even does believe, I don't know. I don't, oh, sorry, bouncing. I don't think he'd ever admit it to us. He would probably think it's defeat if he admitted it. But. Anyways. I wonder how you guys are going to react when you find out I've been doing these. Hopefully you appreciate it. I have I have voicemails from my dad. And I, I just can't bring myself to listen to him. I, ju- I really can't. I, I think I would just, cl- just cry my eyes out. I don't think I'm ready for that. I hope if I'm gone, by the time you listen to these, you call your mom incessantly and visit with her constantly. And if you have kids of your own, just inundate her with the kids and, and you guys and your lives and your mom. She's such a good mom. She's such a, she's a really good mom. It's like she was born for it. She really didn't want kids. She was so anti-having kids. Most of the older children are, so don't, it was nothing against you guys, but she's really, gosh, it's like, it's, got, it's like God flicked a, flipped a switch when our first child was born, and it was just over after that. It was really, it was really nice to see that, really nice. Right now I'm driving past a housing development that when I was a child, me and my friends would ride our bikes to it. it there wasn't a housing development then. It was, it's at the end of a really long street. We'd ride our bikes. And it was <clears throat> really cool ditches that we would ride up and down and up and down for like a couple hundred yards. It was, it was like the coolest bike trail for a little kid. And you know, occasionally you'd see a snake slithering around. And I, I had friends that all they would do is they'd They'd take their bikes up there and just hunt for snakes. And I, it, I mean, it was, a, it was a fun childhood. It felt like childhood out of, uh, some movie, Andy Griffith's show. But I wonder what we're going to do on Monday. I want to take you kids somewhere. Don't know where. But I want to take you kids somewhere. Somewhere fun. where I'm going to park. Let me park in this little parking lot. This is a it's very well lit, I think. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. Ugh, I really should not be drinking this much soda at 5 a.m., but... Oh, 
very well lit. This is good. Very good. Okay, let me move my seat back. Let's see. Let's say, okay. Oh, 16 knots, not bad. Not bad. First Kings, I believe First Kings 17. Let me just do a little bit of, let's see. <clears throat> oh, okay. Okay. And I haven't read through to to see uh, what we could, what I could establish. I haven't, or I mean, I haven't really read through uh, any compendiums or anything regarding these chapters. I really should be doing that. It's just hard. I mean, it's hard enough just to be reading all this to you guys. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna finish First Kings Davis. The whole point isn't just to get do it to finish it, it's to do this meaningfully, so, and that's fine. All right, First Kings, chapter 17. Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishba in Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years, except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is set, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Cherith, that is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening. Sorry, that noise is the the heater. It's kind of like turning its vents somewhere. Out. It'll stop. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And after a while the brook dried up, because there was no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar, and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty, until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke to Elijah. After this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill, and his illness was so severe 
that there was no breath left in him. And she said to Elijah, What have you against me, O man of God? You have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance, and to cause the death of my son. And he said to her, Give me your son. And he took him from her arms and carried him up into the upper chamber where he lodged and laid him on his own bed. And he cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourn by killing her son? Then he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. And the life of the child came into him again, and he revi and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord is in your mouth. In your mouth is true. Chapter 18. After many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, and in the third year, saying, Go, show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. So Elijah went to, the, to show himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria, and Ahab called Obadiah, who was over the household. Uh, now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly, and when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave and fed them in, with bread and water. And Ahab said to Obadiah, Go through the land to all the springs of water and to all the valleys. Perhaps we may find grass and save the horses and mules alive and not lose some of the animals. So they divided the land between them to pass through it. Ahab went in one direction by himself, and Obadiah went another direction by himself. And as Obadiah was on the way, behold, Elijah met him, and Obadiah recognized him and fell on his face and said, Is it you, my lord Elijah? And he answered him, It is I. Go tell your lord, Behold, Elijah is here. And he said, How have I sinned that you would give your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my Lord has not sent to seek you. And when they would say, He is not here, he would take an oath of the kingdom or nation that they would, had not found you. And now you say, Go tell your Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And as soon as I have gone from you, the Spirit of the Lord will carry you, I know not where. And so when I come and tell Ahab that he cannot find you, he will kill me, although I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Has it not been told, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord? How I hid a hundred men in the Lord's prophets by fifties in a cave and fed them with bread and water? And now you say, Go tell your Lord, behold, Elijah is here, and he will kill me. And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, I will surely show myself to him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have and your father's house, because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. Now therefore send, send and gather all Israel to me at Mount Carmel, and the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. This is going to get good, guys. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I have to pause it. So Ahab is a very evil king. Obadiah is a uh, he's a very uh, devout and honorable man of Israel. He's one of the, the last ones. Elijah confronts this evil king Ahab and sa and is pretty much telling him, "Bring all of your evil prophets. We're going to have a confrontation once and for all." And this is this confrontation. Um, 
and 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 he said he tells them bring all of Israel too. They need to know the who the real God is. And so Elijah is going to have. I mean, it's like this is like right out of, like out of Star Wars in a way, like the the evil uh, forces are going to go up against one man, and they're really not going up against a man at all. They're going up against the true God. And I, this the scene. There's so much to unpack, and I love it, and I, I'm going to keep reading, because this is one of my favorite confrontations in the Old Testament. And it's there's sarcasm in it, and and uh, taunting, and, and I just, it's it's hilarious. But also, there, there are some serious consequences for, for the, these evil priests. So Ahab sent all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I even, I only, am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let two bulls be given to us, and let them choose one bull for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood, uh, but put no fire to it. And I will prepare the other bull, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire to it. And you call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord, and the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, it is well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose yourselves one bull, and prepare it first, for you are many, and call upon the name of your God, but put no fire to it. And they took the bull that was given them, and they prepared it, and called upon the name of Baal from the morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they limped around the altar, and they had made. And at noon Elijah mocked them. This is where the sarcasm and the mocking comes in. Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is God. Either he is musing, or he is relieving himself, or... Or he's on a journey. Perhaps he's asleep and must be awakened. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their, after their custom with swords and lances until blood gushed out upon them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the obli- oblation. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. And all the people came near to him, and he re- repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Obviously, they're messing with, with Elijah's uh, uh, bull. Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two seahs of seed. And I don't know what that is. Sorry. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood. And he said, Fill four jars with water, and pour it on the burnt offering, and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar, and filled the trench also with water. At the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the... Hang on one second. What is an oblation? Okay, the the note says, offering of the oblation. This, this sacrifice was offered at 3 p.m. I guess that's what that means. And the time uh, of the offering, 
And at the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that the, this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and slaughtered them there. <laughs> uh, and Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the rushing of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel, and he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And as the seventh time he said, Behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, Go up and say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. And in a little while the heavens grew black with clouds and wind. And there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he gathered up his garment and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. So it's interesting that God didn't kill Ahab or Jezebel yet. Um, I always find that fascinating, the story, but pretty insane story where there's 450 satanic priests and just little old Elijah and after the God's fire completely obliterates the bull and the water and the wood the, the Bible says that Elijah told all of Israel to seize the 450 prophets and Elijah took all the prophets and slaughtered them so I don't know if everyone just came together and just killed these priests, but I think it says that Elijah killed them all. He killed four, over 450 people that day. He had to be tired. Okay. That's great. Let me see. I want to keep reading. Chapter 19. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to, messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by the, this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid, and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under the, a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked in, on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came a second time. And touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. 
Then he arose and he ate and drank and went in strength of that food. Forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with a sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains, and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire the sound of a low whisper, and when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak, and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him, and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? I have been very jealous, and he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life, to take it away. And the Lord said to him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, and Abel-Meholah, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazael shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. So he departed from there and found Elisha the son of Japhat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him. And he was with... He was with the twelfth. Elisha, Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? And he returned from following him and the yoke of the oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. Chapter 20 Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his army together. Thirty-two kings were with him, and horses and chariots, and he went up and closed in on him, on Samaria, and fought against it. And he sent messengers into the city of, ah of, the city of Ahab, king of Israel, and said to him, Thus says Ben-Hadad, Your silver and your gold are mine, your best wives and your children are also mine. And the king of Israel answered, As you say, my lord, O king, I am yours, and I... And all that I have, the messengers came again and said, Thus says Ben-Hadad, I sent to you, saying, Deliver to me your silver and your gold, your wives and your children. Nevertheless, I will send my servants to you tomorrow about this time, and they shall search your house and the houses of your servants, and lay hands on whatever pleases you, and take it away. Oh, my Lord. Then the king of Israel called all the elders of the land and said, Mark now, and see how this man is seeking trouble, for he sent to me for my wives and my children, and for my silver and my gold, and I did not refuse him. And all the elders and all the people said to him, Do not listen or consent. So he said to the messengers of Ben-Hadad, Tell my lord the king all that you first demanded of your servant I will do, but this thing I cannot do. And the messengers departed and brought him word again. Ben-Hadad sent to him and said, 
The gods do so to me, and more also, if the dust of Samaria shall suffice for handfuls of all the people who follow me. And the king of Israel answered, Tell him, Let not him who straps on his armor boast himself as he who takes it off. When Ben-Hadad heard the message, as he was drinking with the kings in the booths, he said to his men, Take your positions. And they took their positions against the city. They're going to war. And behold, a prophet came near to Ahab, king of Israel, and said, Thus says the Lord, Have you seen all this great multitude? Behold, I will give it into your hand this day, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And Ahab said, By whom? He said, Thus says the Lord, By the servants of the governors of the districts. Then he said, Who shall begin the battle? He answered, You. Then he mustered the servants of the governors of the districts, and they were 232. And after them he mustered all the people of Israel, 7,000. And they went out at noon, while Ben-Hadad was drinking himself drunk in the booths, he and his thirty-two kings who helped him. The servants of the governors of the districts went out first. And Ben-Hadad sent out scouts, and they reported to him, Men are coming out from Samaria, he said. If they have come out for peace, take them alive. Or if they have come out for war, take them alive. So these went out to the city, the servants of the governors of the districts and the army that followed them. And each struck, and each struck down the, the, his man. The Syrians fled, and Israel pursued them. But Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, escaped on a horse with horsemen. And the king of Israel went out and struck the horses and chariots and struck the Syrians with a great blow. Then the prophet came near to the king of Israel and said to him, Come, strengthen yourself and consider well what you have done, what you have to do. For in the spring the king of Syria will come up against you. And the servants of the king of Syria said to him, Their gods are gods of the hills, and so they are stronger than we. But let us fight against them in the plain, and surely we shall be stronger than they. And do this, remove the kings each from his post, and put commanders in their places. And muster an army like the army that you have lost, horse for horse and chariot for chariot. Then we will fight against them in the plain, and surely we will be stronger than they. And he listened to their voice and did so. In the spring, Ben-Hadad mustered the Syrians and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. And the people of Israel were mustered and were provisioned and went against them. The people of Israel encamped before them like two little flocks of goats, but the Syrians filled the country. And a man of God came near and said to the king of Israel, Thus says the Lord, Because the Syrians have said, The Lord is a God of the hills, but he is not a God of the valleys. Therefore I will give this great multitude into your hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord." And they encamped opposite one another seven days. Then on the seventh, <clears throat> excuse me. Then on the seventh day, the battle was joined, and the people of Israel struck down the Syrians, one hundred thousand foot soldiers in one day, and the rest fled into the city of Aphek, and the wall fell upon twenty-seven thousand men who were left. Ben Hadad also fled and entered an inner chamber in the city, and his servants said to him, "Behold, now we have heard that the kings of the house of Israel are merciful kings." Let us put sackcloth around our waists and ropes on our heads and go out to the king of Israel. Perhaps he will spare your life. So they tied sackcloth around their waists and put ropes on their heads and went to the king of Israel and said, Your servant Ben-Hadad says, Please let me live. And he said, Does he still live? He is my brother. Now the men were watching for a sign, and they quickly took it up from him and said, Yes, your brother Ben-Hadad. Then he said, Go and bring him. Then Ben-Hadad came out to him, and he caused him to come up into the chariot. And Ben-Hadad said to him, The cities that my father took from your father I will restore, 
and you may establish bazaars for yourself in Damascus, as my father did in Samaria. And Ahab said, I will let you go on these terms. So he made a covenant with him and let him go. And a certain man of the sons of the prophets said to his fellow at the command of the Lord, Strike me, please. But the man refused to strike him. Then he said to him, Because you have not obeyed the Lord, the voice of the Lord, behold, as you have gone from me, a lion shall strike you down. And as soon as he had departed from him, a lion met him and struck him down. Then he found another man and said, Strike me, please. And the man struck him, struck him and wounded him. So the prophet departed and waited for the king by the way, disguising himself with a bandage over his eyes. And as the king passed, he cried to the king and said, Your servant went out into the midst of the battle, and behold, a soldier turned and brought a man to me and said, Guard this man. If by any means he is missing, your life shall be for his life, or else you shall pay a talent of silver. And as your servant was busy here and, and there, he was gone. The king of Israel said to him, So shall your judgment be. You yourself have decided it. Then he hurried to take the bandage away from his eyes, and the king of Israel recognized him as one of the prophets. And he said to him, Thus says the Lord, Because you have let go out of your hand the man whom I have devoted to destruction, therefore your life shall be for his life, and your people for his people. And the king of Israel went to his house, vexed and sullen, and came to Samaria. You know, I think we're just going to finish. Let me see how much time we're doing. It's kind of a long one. I'm sorry. It's a long episode. Oh, that noise. Darn it. I'm just trying. Hi! Sorry, the music came on. Ugh. The battery is like it. Oh, it's at 50%. That's fine. That's fine. A lot of things going on. You know, when God commands you to kill someone, I mean, in the Old Testament, not now. If God commands you to kill someone right now, I, I would like for you to call, call me or your pastor before you take any action. Okay. Um, but you kill him. I mean, this this goes back to uh, the, Amalek it was the Amalekites when God told Saul, wipe them from existence and do not take any of their... Uh, treasures or anything, and instead Saul took all their treasures, didn't kill the king, and uh, and uh, the Samuel did not like that, <laughs> and showed up and just slaughtered that king in front of everyone. Was it the Amalekites? Forgot. Alright. Chapter 21. Now Naboth, the Jezre Jezreelite, had a vineyard in Jezreel, beside the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And after this, Ahab said to Naboth, Give me your vineyard, that I may have it for a vegetable garden, because it is near my house, and I will give you a better vineyard for it. Or, if it seems good to you, I will give you its value and money. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. And Ahab went into his house, vexed and sullen, because of what Naboth the Jezreelite said to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down on his bed and turned away his face and would not eat food. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, Why is your spirit so vexed that you eat no food? And he said to her, Because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreelite and said to him, Give me your vineyard for money, or else, if it please you, I will give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. And Jezebel, his wife, said to him, Do you now govern Israel? 
Arise and eat bread and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with a seal. And she sent the letters to the elders of the leaders who lived with Naboth in his city. And she wrote... And she wrote in the letters, Proclaim a fast and set Naboth at the head of the people. And set two worthless men opposite him. And let them bring a charge against him, saying, You have cursed God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. And the men of his city, the elders and the leaders who lived in the city, did as Jezebel had sent word to them, as it was written in the letters that she had sent to them. They proclaimed a fast and sent Naboth at the head of the people. And the two worthless, <laughs> worthless men came in and sat opposite him. And the worthless men uh, brought a charge against Naboth in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth cursed God and the king. So they took him outside in the, in the city and stoned him to death with stones. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth has been stoned, he is dead. As soon as Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money, for Naboth is not alive, but dead. And as soon as Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, Ahab rode to go down to the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, to take possession of it. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down and meet Ahab, king of Israel, who is in Samaria. Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth, where he has gone to take possession. And you shall say to him, Thus says the Lord, Have you killed and also taken possession? And you shall say to him, Thus says the Lord, In the place where dogs licked up the blood of Naboth, shall dogs lick your own blood. Ahab said to Elijah, Have you found me, O my enemy? He answered, I have found you, because you have sold yourself to do what is evil in the sight of the Lord. Behold, I will bring disaster upon you. I will utterly burn you up, and will cut off from Ahab every male, bond or free in Israel. And I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah. For the anger to which you have provoked me, and because you have made Israel to sin, and of Jezebel... The Lord also said, The dogs shall eat Jezebel within the walls of Jezreel. Anyone belonging to Ahab who dies in the city, the dogs shall eat. And anyone who dies in the open country, the birds of the heavens shall eat. There was none who sold himself to do what was evil in the sight of the Lord like Ahab, whom Jezebel, his wife, incited. He acted very abominably in going after idols, as the Amorites had done, whom the Lord cast out before the people of Israel. And when Ahab heard those words, he tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went about dejectedly. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Have you seen how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring disaster in his days. But in his son's days, I will bring the disaster upon his house. Chapter 22 For three years Syria and Israel continued without war, but in the third year, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said to his servants, Do you know that Ramoth, Gilead, belongs to us? And we keep quiet and do not take it out of the hand of the king of Syria? And he said to Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to battle at Ramoth, Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Inquire first for the word of the Lord. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about four hundred men, and said to them, Shall I go to battle against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? 
And they said, Go up, for the Lord will give it to you into the hand of the king. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here another prophet of the Lord for whom we may inquire? And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, Micaiah, the son of Imlah. But I hate him, <laughs> but I hate him. For he never prophesies good concerning me, but evil. And <laughs> yeah, it's called forum shopping. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. Then the king of Israel summoned an officer and said, Bring quickly Micaiah, the son of Imlah. Now the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, what in the world? There's a dog running around the parking lot. The king of Judah were sitting on their thrones, arrayed in their robes at the threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets were prophesying before them. And Zedekiah, the son of Chanana, made for himself horns of iron and said, Thus says the Lord, with these you shall push the Syrians until they are destroyed. And all the prophets prophesied so and said, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and triumph. The Lord will give it into the hand of the king. Oh, my neck is kind of hurting. It's been down for like 40 minutes. And the messenger who went to summon Micaiah said to him, Behold, the words of the prophets with one accord are favorable to the king. Let your word be like the word for one of them and speak favorably. But Micaiah said, As the Lord lives, what the Lord says to me that I will speak. And when he had come to the king, the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we refrain? And he answered him, Go up and triumph. The Lord will give it into the hand of the king. But the king said to him, How many times shall I make you swear that you speak to me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? And he said, I, shall, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let each return to his home in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you that he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? And Micaiah said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing beside him, on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said one thing, and another said another. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord, saying, I will entice him. And the Lord said to him, By what means? And he said, I will go out, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, You are to entice him, and you shall succeed. Go out and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these your prophets. The Lord has declared disaster for you. And then Zedekiah, the son of Chanina, came near and struck Micaiah on the cheek and said, How did the spirit of the Lord go from me to speak to you. And Micaiah said, Behold, you shall see on that day when you go into the inner chamber to hide yourself. And the king of Israel said, Seize Micaiah and take him back to Amon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus says the king, Put this fellow in prison and feed him meager rations of bread and water until I come in peace. And Micaiah said, If you return in peace, the Lord has not spoken by me. And he said, Hear all you peoples. Yikes. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and go into battle. But you wear your robes, and the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. Now the king of Syria had commanded the three two captains and his chariots, Fight with neither small nor great, but only with the king of Israel. And when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, they said, It is surely the king of Israel. So they turned to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out, 
And when the captains of the chariots saw that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing him. But a certain man drew his bow at random and struck the king of Israel between the scale armor and the breastplate. Therefore he said to the driver of his chariot, Turn around and carry me out of the battle, for I am wounded. And the battle continued that day, and the king was propped up in his chariot facing the Syrians, until at evening he died. And the blood of the wound flowed into the bottom of the chariot, and about sunset a cry went through the army, every man to his city and every man to his country. So the king died and was brought to Samaria, and they buried the king of Samaria. And they washed the chariot by the pool of Samaria, and the dogs licked up his blood, and the prostitutes washed themselves in it, according to the word of the Lord that he had spoken. Yikes. Now the rest of the acts of Ahab and all that he did and the ivory house that he built and all the cities that he built, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Ahab slept with his fathers and Ahaziah, his son, reigned in his place. Jehoshaphat, the son of Asa, began to reign over Judah in the fourth year of Ahab, king of Israel. Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zubah, the daughter of Sh Shilhi. He walked in all the way of Asa, his father. He did not turn aside from it, doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. Yet the high places were not taken away, and the people still sacrificed and made offerings on the high places. Jehoshaphat also made peace with the king of Israel. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat and his might that he showed, and how he warred, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? <clears throat> and from the land he exterminated the remnant of the male cult prostitutes who remained in the days of his father Asa. There was no king in Edom. A deputy was king. Jehoshaphat made ships of Tar Tarshish to go to offer for gold, but they did not go, for the ships were wrecked at Ezion Geber. Then Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, Let my servants go with your servants in the ships. But Jehoshaphat was not willing. And Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father, and Je Jehoram, the son, reigned in his place. Ahaziah reigns in Israel. Or Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel in Samaria in the seventeenth year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and he reigned two years over Israel. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the way of his father and in the way of his mother, in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. He served Baal and worshipped and provoked the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger in every way that his father had done. And that is First Kings. Yikes. A lot to unpack. Actually, start heading back home. I'm a little far. Um, uh, I would say very uh, Um, I'm excited to see what Elijah does. See, Elijah is definitely prominent in Second Kings. Uh. Um, the, the exhaustion is starting to hit me at 6 a.m. I've been up for a couple hours. The Old Testament is interesting. Repentance is something God requires. And you notice that God was going to just utterly destroy Ahab and Jezebel. 
Ahab ended up repenting and God gave him grace. Now, as believers in Christ, we are saved. But when we sin, we should repent. So, consider that. If you're living some type of sin, then you, you, you should admit it to God, repent, and sin no more. I mean, of course we're going to sin, but, you know, Jesus, whenever he healed someone, he would typically say, okay, go, you know, your faith has healed you, go and sin no more. He said that a lot. So, pray for faith and control over whatever urges you have and pray that you sin no more after you repent. I'm going to have to end this because i got to listen to some loud music to keep me awake. It's about a seven mile drive back. It's a nice drive too. But anyways. I love you. Hope you guys are doing great. Give your mom a call. Give, you know, give each other a call. Take each other out to lunch or dinner. Hang out with each other. Nothing warms my heart more than seeing you kids get along. And in your different lives, even though you have so much in common, you have a lot not in common. And you're all different, and that's beautiful. So I, I would humbly ask you guys take each other out to lunch or just show up and do something nice for each other. That would make me really happy. As your as your father. I would I would love to hear about that. You and you don't need to invite me or your mom out. Okay? We're not gonna be jealous. Uh or what we'll be is proud. Very proud of the 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 adults you're turning out to be. And you know what? I'm proud of you guys anyways. I think you're amazing in what you're doing. And uh can't wait to see you later. Anyways, I love you all. You know my send-off. And everything you do, do it for the kingdom. Jesus and the king. I love Jesus you. Jesus I will rise and stand
as I am, I come. 